0: Welcome to the Parent Toolbox podcast from the Inventive Minds Child Youth and Family Center. We are a not-for-profit organization helping families with day-to-day parenting ups and downs from
1: expectancy to teen. Thank you so much for joining this Inventive Minds Child Youth and Family Support Center workshop hosted by me, Adam Stavis, your youth development mentor and coach. Today's workshop topic is about finding balance in new relationship while co-parenting the do's and don'ts. So we're going to talk about that today quite a bit. Inventive Minds Child Youth and Family Support Center, a not-for-profit organization helping families and children. Inventive Minds Family Law Mediation Services, a private-inspired Montessori school and early years child care parent and youth support therapy, community services for new moms and parenting courses related to children, aid services, mediation, separation, and divorce. They also help families by creating parenting plans, child support, spousal support, and asset evaluation. Connect with Inventive Minds, to learn more about their school, new mom services, their therapist and practitioner for day-to-day parenting challenges, support programs for newborns to teens and adult group support programs for reconnecting with your children and developing an emotionally attuned parenting strategy. To clarify, I am a youth development coach and I am not a licensed medical doctor, psychologist, psychiatrist, master's in family and child counseling or master's in social work. If you believe that you or anyone you know needs the help of a licensed medical doctor, psychologist, psychiatrist, master's in family and child counseling or master's in social work, do speak with your family doctor, local walk-in clinic or hospital today we have two speakers with us which is very exciting uh founder of the kindness journal the eight hour therapist and a former therapist dr natasha sharma hi and second of course founder of inventive minds child youth and family support center rose morsh lovely to have you here rose hi uh, not only I should mention is Rose the founder of Menta Minds, but she also works closely with litigation and family law firms to help parents through conflict resolution, more extensively helping parents with family law mediation matters. So there are a lot of questions I have for the both of you, and we're going to get right into this just to make sure we are really clear. Of course, uh, these questions would have you answering Natasha, of course, as our expert therapist and Rose as our mediator, our very experienced individual that deals with mediation. So let's just start the first question right off the back. If I'm in a new relationship, when should I inform my ex-partner about that new relationship? Natasha, if you don't mind uh, taking that question first?
0: I think it depends if there's a reason to. I mean, certainly, we're assuming, I think, that there are children, shared children involved. Otherwise maybe you don't need to say anything. (laughs) If they're shared kids, I think it's important to understand how your kids feel about that new relationship first, they probably would need to know how involved that new partner is, I think it becomes proportional to how that involved in the kids lives if they've met the children, if they may be in any kind of role where they're responsible or supervising the kids, I think it's really important, certainly at that point, regardless of the situation that an ex partner knows, because ultimately, the other parent has the right to know about the well being in the safety of their children if they're being left in the care of, of any adult. Some people might be able to do that sooner. Some people might, you know, wait. I think it depends on the depth of the relationship. Children need stability, right? They don't need adults circulating like revolving door in their lives, especially when parents are separated because they're sensitive to that, you know, getting attached to new people and then having that disrupted I certainly think that saving those kinds of conversations for relationships that are more serious and future oriented is, is my advice. If you've got older kids, kids are grown up and older, then you can kind of do what you want. If you're going to talk to your ex-partner about every person that you date, you really want to ask yourself why. Why would you tell them that kind of information? Is it about throwing it in their face? Is it about making it a competition? That's not healthy for anybody, for any family. So really, when you have children that you're actively parenting and raising, save that information for more serious
1: relationships. That makes a lot of sense. Rose, is there anything from a mediation standpoint that you feel is important to include?
2: Thank you Natasha, that was wonderful. It had a lot of the stuff that I was going to discuss as well. Normally in a family mediation, a parenting plan is made and in the parenting plan if a new breakup is happening, so wait a year before you introduce a new partner because it's not really healthy for the children. Normally in the parenting plan is indicated to first initiate discuss that before introducing to the children just make sure you're confident about that individual that you want to introduce to the children and you want to make sure that you inform your ex-partner before introducing the individual sometimes having that understanding of maybe even having a communication with that partner that is going to be in the relationship so we want to make sure everyone is the same
1: That makes sense. You got to first ask yourself, is there real longevity here with this person? Mm -hmm. Waiting that full year to really get to know that person, make sure they're a good fit in the mix with everybody else, especially your children.
0: I agree that you should talk to your ex-partner before children meet a new partner. I agree with that. and normally
2: they say based on research and um that has been done in the child development and following the children as a practitioner because i am also a a practitioner as well and they talk about you got to give the children the time to emotionally heal because otherwise children can go through this emotional iceberg where you don't see a lot of emotions underneath it, but they might be triggered with uh, behavior issues as a result because the minute you introduce them to a new phase, they might feel, oh, this person's going to be my parent. They are also grieving. They are going through a separation process as well, but they're not able to label that feeling. And what happens sometimes children blame themselves in their mind for the reason of the parent separation. So it's really important to give the children the time to heal, just like you're going to give yourself the time to heal before even wanting to expose the children to a new partner. So really you need to look at where the children's emotional well-being is.
1: And this brings me to the next question I have, actually, is ideally before you even go out and you start mingling and and meeting people, I would imagine number one priority would be to make sure your co-parenting strategy is solid with your children first and foremost before taking any other relationship seriously. Would I be correct in saying that, Natasha?
0: Absolutely. If you think of the family or the community that makes up a family, even if it becomes more extended or blended, too much change is overwhelming. When two parents separate, it's an adjustment, as Rose said, and not every child will react to that situation in the same way, even within the family. So any big change should always be allotted time for all people involved in that change to process to adjust, to make the necessary emotional, physical, logistical adjustments that follow. And yes, having a solid co parenting strategy is definitely something that precedes bringing new variables into your system. I agree, there is an order of sort of what should happen first.
1: Too much change at all at once could be overwhelming for everybody. I'd imagine being involved in mediation, Rose, you would be very familiar with potential conflicts that can arise from too much change all at once.
2: That's why having a parenting plan is very important. The parenting plan will really detail out each parent's responsibilities. And it will help the parents when it comes to having a more open communication, and it helps parents reduce that conflict that they have among each other. Normally, parenting plan should be revisited as children move from one development milestone to the next. That's definitely highly recommended.
1: Great. Now, how should you go about informing your kids, even your ex-partner? How would you go about doing that?
0: It's definitely not something you want to send in an email or a text, especially in these days in the the internet world. It's important to be mindful of that. Our ex-partners and kids can follow parents on social media. So if you're in a new relationship, don't be posting all that stuff when you haven't had those conversations. So I just want to put that in there. Give it the kind of importance it deserves, which is invite the person to a conversation, letting them know that you have something important to talk about with them. And that can be sent in a text or an email, that's fine. But the conversation itself should ideally be one that's had over the telephone or in person if you have that kind of relationship. With your kids, obviously, you can have that in person. It shouldn't be on the fly. Make it a time, set aside time so that people have time for questions. You can talk about anything that comes up, feelings, emotions. Even with your ex, you're co-parenting. So if you're really looking at co-parenting and wanting it to be as optimal as it can be, then you really want your co-parent to be healthy and happy as well. So you want to give them that respect and that that space to process and ask questions. And yeah.
1: Rose, from a mediation standpoint, is there anything to be aware of?
2: Another recommendation that we have is to actually meet a family mediator and have the family mediator to help you through that t- transition. Sometimes in those cases where there is a high conflict, there might be a family coordinator that has been assigned to the family or a parenting coach that has been assigned to the family and that person can help stop the new partner because sometimes one partner might be still grieving or might be going through depression from the separation and they feel like they're being replaced because we don't want that feeling to come across to the kids where they feel oh my parents have replaced my other parents so now they're being triggered as well so it's really important to look at each situation and where you are in that relationship so you're working towards a plan that is effective
1: Right, right. That makes sense. And then also, many times, it's it's not a one-time conversation. Oftentimes, it can get heated, can get emotional, can be very difficult and challenging to navigate through. You may feel lost in the process, and you may need to give it multiple conversations to get through it. Once you've made sure your co-parenting strategy is solid, you've had all these conversations, and your ex-partner's on board, the new partner and your kid's also on board, you've navigated through all that successfully. Now we're on to the step where we're going to essentially introduce this new partner. What would be the best way to navigate through all that?
0: Everyone deserves to have a healthy romantic relationship. Even if it's your second marriage, you have to balance your children's well-being and their health and well-being and their readiness. But you're constantly balancing that against your own well-being and your relationship. And it will probably be situation dependent. It can be for kids as well as rose pointed out a very triggering event i've seen instances where it's relatively smooth and people have followed common sense slash emotionally appropriate timelines and there's been low conflict and good parenting plan agreement. and then i've seen situations where people have been hidden in the background for too long, you know, maybe years, and there's some hesitancy to speak to children. If you know you have a future with the person and that person is going to be in your life, regardless of how your children are going to react. I have to say this because I've seen instances where new partners have been waiting around to be introduced and they Mm -hmm. haven't been, and that's not good either. If you've got children who are easygoing and receptive, well-adjusted to the situation, great. Invite that person over for a meal, perhaps an informal one, like lunch, and keep it on the relatively shorter side, an hour to two hours, enough time for them to talk and meet, but not so long that they've taken over in that first meeting. You know, And then from there, you can kind of slowly begin to integrate in a way that seems to make sense, a meal here, an activity there, encouraging meetings where they can talk and they can speak, and not just sit and watch TV, and then kind of bringing them into more significant things, birthday party or celebration, you know, and so forth. Constantly making sure that you're having conversations with your children to see how they feel about the person, what do they think, with no right or wrong answers, always allowing your kids the space to be free, you know, doesn't matter whether they're rational or not. The goal isn't to be rational. The goal is for them to be honest with you. Even if their honesty is I'm angry, I don't like them. That's fine. You still need to hear your children be honest, even if it ultimately means that they're being triggered where you have children who don't want to speak to the new person and they don't want to have anything to do with them. I think it's important that you respect that while allowing them more opportunities to try to overcome that resistance, perhaps chipping away some of the irrational thinking such as my dad is being replaced or my mom doesn't matter anymore or she's lonely you've moved on he's lonely you he doesn't have anyone you do just making sure that whatever the situation is you're talking about it not letting it fester unnoticed
1: keep communication open at all times so
0: you don't want to over communicate because kids sometimes they just want space as parents you need to know when to engage but also when to just respect the space that they need and it's not easy and it is a delicate act but make sure that that your kids always know that if they want to you're there yeah yeah.
2: i think natasha really emphasized in everything and how to move slow and (laughs) the only addition i would add on sometimes it's also good to look into outside resources when they're younger, play therapy, we recommend when they're a little bit older, maybe to a therapist that they can talk to about their emotions. And the therapist is like a third person away from mom and dad that can help them with the transition of their own emotions. So that can also help them with accepting a new partner, if there is a difficulty of accepting someone new, because there is that issue at times that I have observed is that one child does not want to see another parent with another partner. So it's important to seek professional help at that
1: time. When in situations where you're not too sure, you're kind of in doubt, you feel a little bit lost, you're not sure if you're on the right track, it's always good to get an opinion from somebody who's very well experienced.
0: As adults, we're not rational all the time and we never will be. So just be mindful of judging the kids for their response because you want your child to like your new partner, but you can't expect them to. And if you expect them to... And they don't, it will aggravate the situation. So kids should always treat people with respect. There's no room for disrespecting new partners or or anybody or being rude or cruel, zero tolerance for that. But at the same time, you can't expect them to jump in, maybe some will and and great, good for you. But you can't expect them to just attach to the new person. So we have to be able to hear them when they say, I don't like your new boyfriend, or I don't like your girlfriend, even though they may be the nicest, most wonderful human being in the world. We still have to attune to that. Where is that irrational? Where is the hurt, the inner child in your child? What's it trying to say to you? And that's what you really want to listen to and get to the heart of in, in these situations when they become emotionally tense.
1: Beautiful. Great.
0: Even if you had two parents who were psychologists or psychotherapists and like kids who were just like the most well-adjusted, even if you have that really great tight-knit family, if you have sort of the smoothest situation that could be imaginable, I think it's still a good idea to check in with someone outside the group like a therapist or a mediator or someone who can be impartial, especially for your kids, even if you've got a great relationship with them, because there's so much value in not needing the approval of the person outside the family you speak to. And you can be free and they're not emotionally invested and they're objective and impartial and unbiased and all of those things. And there's a certain freedom that really comes from checking in with someone I think it's good to check in with someone outside the clan, so to speak.
1: Right. Which, and I would imagine uh, Rose, you'd agree with that. Is there anything above beyond that that you feel that we didn't mention in terms of making sure that we're ensuring our children's well-being and all this?
2: As parents, we're also responsible to teach our children how to self-regulate and how to co-regulate and how to become emotionally attuned. We ourselves can be in a very high trigger emotional level as well because now we met someone and we might be feeling pressure from the new partner why I'm not being introduced to the children and the children in the high level. So it's really important to have that open dialogue to make sure that everyone is in a healthy level emotionally.
1: It's beautiful beautiful okay let's get into parenting styles how we can balance a mixed parenting style between both exes so that we can make sure that we're benefiting the children as much as possible so
2: So there are different types of parenting styles, there is the authoritative parenting, there's the permissive, there's the uninvolved parent, and there's the authoritarian parent. Normally as parents, we can fall into these different parenting traps from the day to day parenting, you might be permissive in one stage, and then you're authoritative when it comes in a different stage. In a relationship, you might have one parent who's an authoritative parent, one parent that might be a permissive parent. Now you have this new co-parenting relationship that you have with this new individual, into the relationship that could be an uninvolved parenting style, right? Really, the best way is to take parenting courses for everyone to be in the same page when it comes to the parenting style. At Inventive Minds, we work closely with children aid society, with the lawyer offices, and we take parents through the parenting courses to bring them to what research shows to be the best parenting style, which is the authoritative parenting. And that's really what it is. All individuals that are in relationship with the children into the same page of parenting. That's what's important to do parenting class
1: great. And there is a lot of literature that you can find online, but even better yet, attending parenting courses will certainly be very, very helpful and insightful. I agree with you so much on that. Now, if we can talk about polarized parenting for anybody that hasn't heard of that term before, and then also how we can make sure that we're not involved in any sort of polarized parenting.
2: Polarized parenting means one parent carries one parenting style, which one parent might be permissive, where another parent might be a custodian. So when you have that polarized parenting, what happens, the child normally tends to go towards the parent that is more easygoing, more helping them getting what they want there becomes this conflict between the two relationships. So the children begin to pick and choose the parents and they create more conflict among the parents. That's why when a mediation is done, when parenting plan is put in, it is actually recommended highly to go through a parenting course because that parenting course will help the parents to come into the same page. So that at the end will help the child to understand that these are the boundaries that I have in this home. It is the same boundaries as the other home. Parenting plan has to be always revisited. When a child is a toddler, their parenting style might be very different than when you are co-parenting together with a youth. It's all about being in the same page. What really affects children from polarized parent is that as adults themselves, they're going to have difficulty balancing mm-hmm. relationship, they're going to have difficulty keeping relationship. Research shows that when a child comes from a family that is an authoritative, they end up having high self esteem, they have empathy, and they're reliable, they have less difficulty communicating with friends, mm-hmm. building relationship with friends. So really, everything goes back to the early years and the parenting that are there and how we connect with our children, in child, and their emotions. And that's why not putting children in the middle of a story is very important. Not having adult conversation in front of the children is very important. It doesn't matter whether you are going through separation or not, or you're just living together as a household, that communication becomes to be very important. Children are not our asset. We are responsible to make sure that we're providing the best environment possible for them. So really want to make sure that both parents are very assertive, but they have realistic expectation of the children. And the mediation can also really help you with putting those parenting plans together and teaching you about those parenting styles.
1: Well, okay, great. I want to make sure that we have you explain the concept of the elephant in the room or the iceberg of emotions both in adults and children?
2: When you're looking at a child and looking at a child's emotion, you might be just seeing the above iceberg, as you can see. You're really not seeing what is triggering the emotion, but there are so many other areas that you need to be really looking into when it comes to your parenting. Learning about how to regulate yourself and how to regulate your child can really help with those emotions that might be coming into your parenting. So really, that's the hidden feeling. It's the same thing when you look at when there is, the communication between yourself and your partner. If you look at this atom, it shows the partner stealing sadness, fear, she's feeling that she's being ignored. Maybe he doesn't really love me or cares for me. But really, she's reacting with all that feeling instead of having an open communication by shouting, blaming, criticizing the partner. And the partner now is feeling overwhelmed. He's feeling sad feeling that he's failed. He's being ashamed. He's feeling that you know, I'm not a good husband. Or I'm not a good father. As a result, partner will react differently. And that can really affect the relationship. And that's where we come in as mediators, helping parents to learn how to communicate more effectively together. That elephant in the room, we can open up that feeling and help the individuals to communicate more effectively together so they come up with best terms possible for the best interest of the child.
1: Right. It makes sense. What are the benefits of parenting plans in a relationship?
2: So it brings a balance in the relationship and in your co parenting in relationship and it brings a balance when it comes to the children's needs. It's important to have details of who has the children over the holidays. Who has the children over the weekend and who has the children overnight? What kind of parenting styles are in there? How often do we get to communicate with our children, especially when there's a new partner in? I find that sometimes there is a parenting plan in place and then a new partner just pops into the relationship and is introduced to the children. And now the new partner is triggered with emotions where sometimes it wasn't addressed properly or now she's going through her grief. In those cases, it can become a high comp conflict where you might actually see that they will involve CES or they might involve the police where all of that could have been eliminated by them having a proper step carried out from beginning by communicating to a therapist communicating with a family mediator having a real plan together because sometimes children become in this whole war game now you have the cas involved you have the police involved and some of this has happened in front of the children and it becomes very emotional for the children and you get to see those behavior inside the school with the way the children are reacting.
1: These situations can seem extreme when you talk about the police or CS. but it happens actually more frequently than people realize. And it can easily go there when it's totally not necessary. So if you have this parenting plan that every bit of communication is outlined, you know what to do in this scenario, what to do in that scenario. You know that you have somebody to support you to mediate. At least some systems are better than no system at all
2: when you look back at your parents relationship and you know your parents went through a separation it's really good for a child to say, yeah you know what my parents went through a separation yes it was difficult but my parents were kind to each other so when you have that with you as an adult when you enter into a relationship you're able to create that positive Relationship yourself. Like if you've been in a case where there has been a lot of conflict between the parents, where they use the children, I'm sorry, as a form of asset towards mm-hmm. each other, and the privilege of I'm going to keep the child, I'm not going to give you the child if you don't give me the child support. Like when you see that whole game happening, mm-hmm. those children are the ones that are mostly heartbroken, and as adults, they have difficulty of forming relationship themselves. They have difficulty of trusting. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to understand that you have a responsibility towards your child and your child's safety and well-being is not just physical it's also emotional so communication becomes be very important meeting with a family mediator having a detailed parenting plan is very effective especially when you have a new partner added to the relationship
1: very well said how often should a parenting plan be reviewed
2: it really varies depending to the age of the child the situation in the house all of a sudden you might have a parenting plan where your extended family is not involved but now you want the grandparents to be involved so you have the chance to always amend that sometimes you might have a parenting plan where it's not really breaking down the pick up and drop off time and you've noticed that's causing a lot of conflict in your relationship or you had a parenting plan that worked when your little one was a toddler but it's just not effective for a youth the child is being used as a yo-yo in between in the evenings and the child is tired going to the school. So the child well being is not being met. It really depends where you are in your relationship. And what is causing maybe conflicts in your relationship? And where are the children? It's something that should be constantly revisited. Normally, we recommend every year,
1: every year. Okay, great. Great. Okay. Perfect. You know, I know we're getting short on time now, and I would love to have yourself, Natasha, and of course, Rose, leave us with some last words of wisdom.
0: If there was one piece of advice it would be, or for you, listener, before anything else and anyone else, start with yourself, how you treat yourself, how you accept yourself, and how you live. Become the parent you want your children to grow up to. And what goes into that is behaving and acting in a way that aligns with your values and who you are, really accepting yourself without conditions. Because when you do that, you actually become the kind of person who takes care of their health, mental and physical, becomes the kind of parent they hope their children to grow up to be, interacts with the world and society in a way that's helpful, contributory. When you value yourself like that, you will all the steps that follow naturally align with that self-value, which is self-care, boundaries, being an awesome but not perfect parent, Those are my words
1: of wisdom. Beautiful, very well said. Uh, Rose, how about yourself from a mediation perspective?
2: Basically looking into family mediation is very important. Coming up with a parenting plan, like a contract of how to communicate among each other will really help with reducing conflict in your old relationship and a new relationship. Another thing I really highly recommend in a new relationship, it's it's good to revisit a mediator, and a new parenting plan should be put in place with the picture of the new partner into the mediation into the parenting plan. That's extremely effective. And really being empathetic towards each other and trying to understand each other looking for resources and support outside, whether that is working with a therapist, a child therapist, bring that harmony into the relationship and support. So your new relationship can thrive with your children and your relationship can also thrive with your co partner. It is possible to have two adults that are exes to come up together when it comes to the best decision for the children and move forward together
1: great. Well, thank you so much uh, both of you. Very informative, very helpful. Gave me a lot of perspective and I hope anybody that is listening to this it helped them a lot as well. Of course, I want to thank both Dr. Natasha Sharma and Rose Marsh for joining us today. Visit www.inventivekidsagainwithaz.com to learn about the many other workshops available coming up soon. You can connect with Inventive Minds via email at inventivekids, again, with a Z, at gmail.com for any parenting challenges so their professional team can connect with you. Check out a replay of this and many of our other podcasts by searching Inventive Kids on YouTube. Join the Parent Toolbox Facebook community group today by searching the Parent Toolbox on Facebook and Spotify. Thank you so much, Rose. Thank you so much, Natasha. An absolute pleasure. And I can't wait to do it again. That was great.
0: Thank you both. Have a great day. Bye-bye now. Make sure to check out inventivekids.com slash events for other parenting workshops, courses, and events. Thank you.